0: David Phillips and today uh, we're gonna look at the lectionary text for baptism Sunday uh, that text uh, for January 12th 2020 and the text is from Matthew 3 13 through 17 we'll look at the gospel and uh, look possibly at uh, Isaiah 42 which is uh, part of the lectionary readings for the week um, the New revised standard says this: Then Jesus came from Galilee to John to the Jordan at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, "I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, "Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented And when Jesus had been baptized Just as he came from up from the water Suddenly the heavens were opened to him And he saw the spirit of God descending Like a dove And alighting on him And a voice from heaven said This is my son the beloved With whom I am well pleased Let's talk about the text Let's uh, let's look at the context real quick So In the first part of Matthew, John comes on the scene, and he comes on the scene just like Elijah, out of nowhere. He dresses like Elijah. He eats like Elijah. Um, And it it is said in the New Testament that, uh, in fact, Jesus says it, that if, if the people would have accepted him, John the Baptist would have been the new Elijah, would have been the Elijah who was to come before the Messiah at the second coming. And uh, so he he was the one who would prepare the way for the Messiah out of Isaiah 40. And so Jesus shows up right after that. John is in the desert, in the wilderness. He's preaching, he's teaching, he's baptizing. And um, he is the forerunner and... Jesus shows up And so Jesus arrives With no fanfare He's in the desert Far away from Any religious sector And he just shows up He shows up Among the people The humble The poor in spirit That Matthew 5 Would hit on Those who are seeking God and and seeking to be right with God. And that's where he shows up. He shows up among the people, not among the religious, not at the temple, not with fanfare. This is God incarnate, and yet you would never know it. I mean, all the signs point there, all the semiotics focus there, but he... Um, he doesn't announce it. He doesn't proclaim it necessarily. He's not out in front with it. He's not playing the God card. He's not letting the world know that, hey, I'm the Son of God, I'm the Messiah. He's not going around talking like that. He's playing the part that was prophesied in Isaiah. And so he comes... To John and he says to him I need to be baptized by you I need to be baptized and John resists why why do you come to me I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you not you being baptized by me And, and Jesus says that Let's do it. Look, I know you you have objections. I understand your your reservations, but let it be so now. For it is proper for us, and that is a key. This was both of them playing their part in the narrative and the story of the coming of the Messiah. It is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. So let's talk about the fulfillment for a minute, and let's talk about the us as well. The fulfillment um, in Matthew um, is specifically tied to prophecy, and it is tied um, to a uh, in, in, in Matthew to in, in a couple of ways But specifically um, In this way It's tied to um, Isaiah 53 And let's Get there In the text Isaiah 53 Verse 11 And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation In this particular case but uh so i'm gonna start in verse 10 we'll go through verse 12 but it was the lord's good plan to crush him and cause grief cause him grief yet when his life is made an offering for sin he will have many descendants he will enjoy a long life and the lord's good plan will prosper in his hands when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish he will be satisfied and because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteousness, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of the victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. And, and scholars... Um, kind of point to this passage that Jesus will accomplish God's will and sense of God's saving activity and they point back to this passage as as evidence of that in the and uh, the need for uh, for him to be baptized is part of that need um, part of the the bearing of the burdens it's it's very symbolic here. Where Jesus is bearing the burdens, the sins um, of of the people. This is not him being required to be baptized in order to demonstrate righteousness. This is him being baptized um in the fulfillment of scripture. And this provides this also provides this meaning, this gathering between John and Jesus here in Matthew 3 it provides a, a, a continuity between John and Jesus' ministries. And that's why the us is important. So here Jesus identifies with John and his role. So he is he is affirming John in his role as the one who would come before him. He identifies with his people in their need. So this, is, this baptism is a baptism of identification and representation. So he is identifying that uh, with the people that um, he came to save. And he is identifying with that sinful humanity that he came to save. So he is, again, he's not playing this God card. He's representing or being or he is he is a representative of the people that he came to save and so then we have this post-baptism experience um that matthew talks about you know john consented to baptizing jesus and then And then in verse 16, when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. So let's talk about that for a minute. After his baptism, heaven was opened up. Uh, that, That phrase is in a passive tense, meaning that, someone opened the heavens, and this is an example of what scholars call the divine passive in that Jesus was, um, that God did this, that, in essence, God opened this area of communication between heaven and earth. They merged. They, they were um, together together. At this point in time, I love the way that, that mark um kind of explores this. He said the heavens were ripped open and it and it and uh and it ties at the end of mark to the ripping of the veil in the temple when Jesus was crucified that the heavens were ripped, and god heaven and earth were in at that point. Um, in the same space. And then, so God opened heaven. He gave us this direct communication once again, just like the prophets had, um, just like uh, the psalmist had, just like some of the other kings had, and like Moses had. This is God opening the lines of a direct communication channel between He and His people, and it was it was amazing. And so the heavens opened up, and then the Spirit of God descended. Now let's let's talk about the Spirit of God here, and in the Spirit of God descending like a dove. So there are several images. Um, that could be a play here. One is um, a reference to Genesis eight, where Noah sends out the dove. The dove became a symbol for the new world after the flood. And other scriptures um, see this as a prototype of the the new age. So the dove going out, the 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 dove um, coming down, uh, the sending of the dove being a uh, an expression of the coming new age, and that's that's exactly what happened in um, when Jesus came. An- another image here: um, the dove was sometimes a symbol for for Israel hosea seven eleven mentions that, and so um so that's possible as well. Jesus is seen here as the the ideal Israelite when he receives the spirit and we we this fits from from context because immediately after this Jesus goes into the wilderness and that is. What many scholars would say is a reflection of Israel going through, uh, going into the wilderness, post, um, post Pharaoh, or Moses leading them out. Another um, image is that this could be an illusion, uh, an illusion to the uh, anointing of the servant of the Lord by the Spirit in Isaiah forty-two verse 7 and that actually is quoted in chapter 3 verse 17 the end of the passage so let's let's jump up and look at 42 um um in the 42 he says here is my servant whom i uphold my chosen in whom my soul delights i have put my spirit upon him i will bring forth justice to the nations he will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised heel he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it, And spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name, my glory. I will give no other nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare before. They spring forth, I tell you of them. So, in Isaiah, it says, "Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him." And then it, it lists begins to list things that he he does uh, that servant will do. Um. And so this could also be that that illusion again the next verse quotes that um, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So these images and illusions give a picture of that, the identity of Jesus. And <clears throat> he is in the way I have kind of formulated this thought about this. This is the, the, the picture of the identity of Jesus in this That he is the true Israel He is um, The true Israel he, he is the servant of God and, and in doing this This is the inauguration of the coming age That true Israel is, is enhanced By Jesus heading out into the wilderness As I said As the, as the people went into the wilderness Under Moses And in doing this, we have this pronouncement of God that comes upon us. The direct voice of God, that God is resuming direct communication with his people. And then we have the nature and identity of Jesus is pronounced by two quotes from the Old Testament. Um, there are allusions to both of these Psalm 2 7, and then again in, Psalm, in Isaiah 42. So Jesus is the divine son and the suffering servant. He is the unique son and the father formally inaugurates Jesus into public ministry. That's in essence what this text is about. And so as I thought about how I would preach this, as I thought about how I would, would kind of identify this, I, I um, my first... Uh, Thought was Jesus' coming out party In which um, He goes from Joseph's son To the Holy One of Israel But how I would preach this um, Is to Is to ask people to take A fresh look at Jesus To look at Jesus again In light of this text Um, he is the true Israel, the second Adam. He was the one that we were designed to be. And because he w- was the true Israel, the one who would um, He would have that direct communication with God, to be intimate with God, to be a sinless um, a sinless human. Before God walk and talk in the garden, that's exactly what Jesus was and he is our exemplar. He is the one whose life we are to be formed into. The second kind of characteristic or fresh look at Jesus would be he is the suffering servant. He took on your sins and my sins. He paid a price, his life, to bear the weight and pain of our sin so that we wouldn't have to. And then he asks us to throw that suffering and brokenness that exists now in our lives and in this world onto his shoulders because he knows we can't carry it. We weren't designed to carry that he was but we were not so not as only is he the suffering servant who came to to heal the brokenness and heal the sin issue and deal with it but even as we continue to reside in this broken world as we await our future home as we are pilgrims on our way home he says, throw that brokenness and throw your burden and throw your pain on me. Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in prayer, with thanksgiving, supplication, make your requests known to God. And then let the peace that passes all understanding guard your heart. Throw, throw your hurt and throw your pain and throw your frustrations onto the one who was designed to bear it. Make your requests known to God. Change and let the anxiety and the pain and the frustration turn to peace. Let God handle it, not you. And then the third thing that I would point to is Jesus identifies with his people. That was the purpose. Part of the purpose of of the baptism was identification. He knows your pain and frustration. He understands the pain of separation and death, of hurt and fear. And he comes among us. He doesn't stay away Our God is not a God who stays away He's a God who comes to us He's a God that lives among us That resides in us He is not in a holy temple that we have to attend He is not in a city that we have to go to He is among us And with us And he knows your pain, and he knows your suffering, and he knows your frustrations, and he knows your fears. And that's why he wants us to cast the burdens onto him. And so as as we essentially start 2020, this is a look and a reminder that Jesus, to start out the year, Letting Jesus handle things. Look at Jesus again. And see him as the one who we are to, to follow and model our lives after. And let God form us into. And if we take off those burdens and we take off that frustration, we take off that fear like we shed layers of clothing and put on Christ. Maybe this year can be the year of victory and the year where our lives are continued to be transformed by the power of the Spirit. as we celebrate the baptism we celebrate Jesus' identifi- identification with us God's identification of Jesus with him Jesus' identification of John and his role and as we are baptized our identification into the life the the life death and resurrection of the one who would save us May God be blessed and may you be blessed as well. Have a great week.